Blog Talk Radio. again today. For those of you who may not know, I host and produce a weekly radio show both here and at Progressive Radio Network, known also as PRN, A Better World with Mitchell J. Raven, on every Monday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylights Time. Daylights. The Daylights. Uh or Eastern Standard Time, depending on the season. And please join me at this illustrious hour on Progressive Radio Network. And please join me here at this illustrious half hour on Blog Talk Radio. And let us not forget that sandwiched in between is a Better World TV every Tuesday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and that can be seen in Manhattan on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, depending on what cable provider you use, the channel will differ, so I'll leave you to that, to find it on my website, abetterworld.tv, or you can simply watch it directly online from anywhere at 1030 on said website, www.abetterworld.tv. So with all that said, I welcome you to A Better World and know that we are utterly, completely committed to that outcome. You know, it's kind of hard for me to believe that other people don't want that very same outcome. I believe in the heart Everyone really does, and in one's own way, makes various contributions to that end. However, I do note that many people are really rather entrenched in their own lives, very singularly and very deeply. And I understand, because I too am very entrenched in mine, and With everyone's life, you could say there is the aspect of it that is directly personal and involving only oneself, and another which involves one's social world 
the outer self and therefore also the outer world. So in the Buddhist way of thinking, which is one that I oftentimes subscribe to, the first is known as the lesser vehicle, Hinayana. And that involves our getting clear inside ourselves. You could say cleaning house, learning about one's own mind, one's own feelings, one's own emotions, one's own thought processes, one's own reactions, and the like. You could say tilling the soil of one's own psyche and one's own life. And once that has been done fairly thoroughly, one is better able to, you could say, step outside of oneself more effectively and look at the world around oneself and begin to say such things as, how can I contribute to this world? What can I personally do to make a difference because I see sadness, I see suffering, I see pain, I see a lot of uncertainty, I see a lot of darkness, I see people entrenched in bad habits, and I see a huge amount of uh, lack of clarity, a lot of confusion a lot of toxicity, you could say, in this space. And what can I do about it? I want to make a difference. I want to help to alleviate the suffering of other sentient beings. On one hand, we're most familiar with other human suffering. And then, if we go a little further, we see that actually a lot of our animal family, the two and three and four leggeds, are also commensurately suffering because we are suffering. And one of the reasons we are suffering is because we are doing such damage to our natural world, our natural environment. Sad, sick, pathological even, all of it is. It is. And there are repercussions. There is what is called blowback. There is karma. There are consequences. So what we can do about it becomes highly important. And if each one of us had this kind of thought process with our sense of creativity, our sense of imagination, and our sense of passion for our world, we could really make a difference and upgrade the life of our family our human family, and our larger sentient family. These are the kinds of things we talk about on A Better World Radio and TV. And as such, I interview environmentalists, scientists, healers, authors, philosophers, spiritual teachers, neuroscientists, politicians, economists. You know, it's open. It's open as a field that is very fertile and waiting to be fertilized 
by any number of different people doing different things. Each one, as a garden of flowers, contributes the overall fragrance and beauty of a landscape, so too human beings in our vast variety contribute to the landscape of life and being on this planet. We were designed to do this. We were not designed to all do the same thing. And we ultimately have to uh, invent ourselves and decide who we're going to be, how we're going to show up, and know that that can change not only day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year, season-to-season, decade-to-decade, but literally by the moment we get to consciously choose who we want to be, what values we want to embody, which values we want to uh, project and radiate, and what integrity behind it all we want to manifest. Integrity, my dear friends, is the key to the lock of happiness. And if we can turn that uh, key inside the lock, uh, we can unlock joy and happiness. Because when we are aligned inside ourselves, we do become indivisible, which is where we get the word individual. And we fulfill what the famous psychologist, psychoanalyst, Dr. Carl C.G. Jung called individuation, and we follow along, we actually make our individuational path, like walking on the yellow brick road, aha, of our own creation. This is Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World on Blog Talk Radio, and I'd like to invite you, in fact, I know, I should do a certain thing after that little um, spiel I just gave. Thank you, thank you. I am bowing in gratitude to you all for your applause. Uh, That little feature is uh, thanks to uh, Randy Fryer, one of our... um, illustrious, I'm using that word a lot tonight, uh, interns and assistants at A Better World. And uh, he helped to originally set up the mechanics of Blog Talk Radio for A Better World, and uh, for which I am grateful. And along with Mozart came the applause track, and now I'm wondering where the heck is the laugh track? Because if you can have applause, you may as well have laughter. (laughs) So anyway... Um, I invite anyone who would like to call in to do so since I announced at Facebook at A Better World and Mitchell J. Rabin, I think it says, that there would be time and space for call-ins. So, here it is, 602-753-1860, 1860. So truly feel free to call. I'd be glad to talk with you, answer your questions, what have you. Now, as those of you who listen with any kind of regularity would know, uh, 
this particular show really opens up the space for dialogue about a lot of things in general. And in particular, we really try to focus in on the idea of a third-party system, an independent candidate for the presidency of the United States that would allow for the expression of true freedom, not the lockstep thing called democracy that the Democrats and the Republicans alike demonstrate. Now, on this show, we love to talk about health and well-being and spirituality and consciousness and things that go along with consciousness, such as freedom, the freedom to think, the freedom to act. And without freedom, we're really living in a box, a cell, you could say, of our own making. So it becomes vitally important that we can step out of that box and be free. It's one thing to be free on the inside, and it's another thing to be free on the outside. At the end of the day, honestly, we want both. Uh, the world, probably historically, has never really seen total freedom on the outside, the so-called external world, where governments tend to reign, or in these days, corporations tend to reign, on our parade, I'll say. And so mustering true, honest, genuine, external freedom is something, well, virtually the world has not really seen. We began to get closest in the earlier days of the founding of the United States of America from being a series of colonies to having its own constitution and Declaration of Independence, and Bill of Rights, and uh, freedom from the uh, slavery and dependence on the British crown. However, slavery has continued, but just with a different guise. The slavery has continued in as far as the United States government has taken over the reins of control to such an extent, and it effectively enslaves its people with the guise of democracy in a republic. Hmm. And there's also what could be referred to as economic slavery, where, based on the tax system as it's currently set up, based on the level of wages, based on the... Uh, vacuity of the dollar, that there's no gold standard or any kind of standard to measure its value. It's all based on faith and belief and consensus, a willingness of our ourselves to say, this is worth that, and that is worth this, and to continue that story into the present and future. But it's not because there's any inherent value, because we all knows, know that there is none. But we've agreed that for the system to continue forward, we need to ascribe and attribute value to something that's effectively just a little piece of paper and fairly worn out at that. So 
when we really take a long, good, hard look at this notion of external freedom, we see that it doesn't really exist. There are way too many laws on the books that are forever curtailing that freedom. And it does nobody any good. Nobody. Then there's the matter of internal freedom. And uh, my good friend, colleague, and teacher, mentor, Yasuhiko Genku Kimura, who I had on the other radio show just about four or five weeks ago, who teaches a, an ongoing workshop called Authentic Thinking, which I had the joy and pleasure of participating in just this past week, talks about getting free of compulsions uh, internally as equaling internal freedom. And at the end of the day, you know, that's probably what's most important. You know, the freedom to feel one's feelings and not be mechanically and reactively bound, you know, either to a compulsion or an obsession, for that matter. Uh, There are many finer levels, you could say refined levels, of reactivity and judgment to which we're all subject and we all engage, wittingly or unwittingly. That's why the practice developed originally by Lester Levinson of letting go the physicist and engineer from New York City back in the early 50s developed something that became known both as the Sedona method and the release technique. And it is a very specific uh, methodology of letting go of the desire for approval of others or the wanting control or the wanting safety and security. Now, you could say we all want it, but to the extent that we want it, we actually don't have it. Oh, wait a minute. Run this by me again. To the extent that we want it after an initial wanting, if we perpetuate the wanting, it's basically another way of saying that we don't have the thing we want, like approval, like uh, control, or like safety and security. So we're always in a state of wanting and not having. But if we let go of the wanting of these very valuable, desirable things, we can enter the space of the having. (laughs) This is not just a play on words, but this is the way the brain works. So if we get that mechanism of letting go of wanting, which equals not having, then we can have. We break the chain. And we have attachments to any number of things, and we have aversions to any number of things. And it's valuable to see these in action and being able to simply let go of the things that are in our way that keep us from having what it is we set out to get. Are you with me? If you follow this logic that holding on to things, thoughts, feelings from the past, instead of being a through line, of energy coming and going 
like an open revolving door. That's something desirable. So the stuff that comes along can be let go of and we can relax and become an empty vessel again in order to fill up with what we do desire, which we use our minds to envision our actually having. So to be awake as my guest this past Monday in the uh, Stress Management Roundtable, the author of the book Patience, Alan Locust said, he defined nirvana in the Sanskrit as meaning a form of emptiness. That wasn't the phrase he used. But in effect, it's not to be locked in to any particular thought pattern, but to be free of all thought patterns, which allows life to just be itself. From that point of view, nirvana or enlightenment is a feature of emptiness. And emptiness, in turn, is a feature of enlightenment. Oh, these paradoxes. But of course, that's what the inquiry of Zen is all about. Not knowing. It's about having what is called beginner's mind. An openness, a playfulness, a freedom. An openness to life. Everything is novel. What a beautiful state of mind. Now, if we want to have external freedom, to be inwardly free sets the stage for outer freedom. So even though I like to talk about the potentials for outer freedom, because we all live a generally outwardly directed life in this society, to have the inner freedom that would allow and create the space for outer freedom becomes essential. Of course, I want to speak about the independent parties and how they are needed at this point in time to step forward and bring forward some new, fresh candidates that are not locked in compulsively to a two-party system, a duopoly, as Ralph Nader and John Hagelin, who once ran for president, called it over and again, but to have some real multiplicity, true multiplicity, a real plurality, diversity. That's what we're calling for. And to really be able to unify our field so that our call for outer freedom, represented by an independent party in this case could have real weight and power and influence. We really need to be inwardly free. I tell you, I've been involved in the peace world for many decades at this point, going to meetings at the UN and in the NGO community to discuss peace and 
and love and the International Day of Peace and celebrations of peace. And I've interviewed uh, the filmmaker who got the International Day of Peace to also include the call for one-day-long truces where there is war being waged. It took decades for that to happen. But this one guy persistently saw it through at the UN, even though it was so difficult politically, ironic as that may sound. And so many of the people in the peace movement are just not at peace. They're backbiting and backstabbing, unfortunately, like so many people are everywhere around the world. How in the world can they be called upon to represent and model peace? Unfortunately, altogether too many of them are not qualified. And may it be said that there are those who are highly qualified, who truly are inwardly peaceful, who are beautiful souls, who have dedicated their lives to peace and to the well-being of humanity. I'm not talking about those people. Those are beautiful people in any context, under stress or not. They show up as models of health, of wellness, of peace, of human dignity. Hallelujah. And similarly, if we're going to make a difference in the political realm, we need to be at peace here too. We need to be centered. We have to be aware of our agendas and, you know, promote those things from our hearts, from an inwardly unified field that will make a difference. It's a new way of thinking. We don't think only about the outside, but we think about the outside from a state of peace on the inside. And that is the way to create truly a better world. Otherwise, it opens itself up for too much chatter, too much talk, 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 and not enough interaction that is reasonably followed by outer action. In other words, my friends, we really need to achieve an inner state of balance and maturity before we take this show on the road. The number here again is 602-753-1860. Our time is a dwindling. So there won't be that much time for anyone. And perhaps you are all simply enjoying the monologue. Well, I sure hope so. Because uh, if not, we're all in trouble. (laughs) Isn't that true? But in our remaining minutes, I do want to bring forward the name Ross Rocky Anderson. Rocky Anderson is someone that I interviewed on Progressive Radio Network, oh, a few months back, starting first in December, then the beginning of January, two full hours with him. And I have some of his uh, talks and dialogues on uh, video at our very same website, www.abetterworld.tv. And I would really recommend that you watch the videos or go to our search engine and or go to Radio Archive and scroll through. 
It's not that far back that you'll find Rocky Anderson. He is the former mayor, two-term mayor, 2000-2008 of Salt Lake City. He used to be a Mormon, and he quit because he didn't like their attitude toward Jews uh, between blacks and women. Wow. He was an environmentalist. He reduced the carbon footprint of Salt Lake City by a third in three years. He took control. He managed a multi, multi-million dollar budget for the city. He is a humanitarian par excellence. He has a clear head, fine thinking, big heart. So consider going to my website at betterworld.tv to learn more and going to www.voterocky.org and going to www.thejusticepartyusa.org, justicepartyusa.org, to learn more. So, with that said, I want to just thank you all for listening. I so appreciate your attention. It's valuable to me and valuable to the world. Please pass this on to your friends so they too can get the benefit of listening to these shows, both here on Blog Talk Radio as well as on Progressive Radio Network every Monday night. And join our newsletter at www.abetterworld.tv. Thanks again for joining us. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World, and we'll close out with Mozart. See you next
Let me make sure. Do I have you here? Do you, 